This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. And welcome into another Dolphins podcast. And by the time you hear my loud, whiny voice in your ears, you better check your pulse because we have arrived. It is training camp. Football is finally back. Joshua, how does that make you feel? I'm over the moon excited. I'm, I never thought we'd get here. I mean, I feel like that's how we feel every year, right? In the offseason, you just think it's never going to get here. It's finally here, man. Vets reporting today. Uh, check your pulse if you're not fired up. How about you, man? How have you been and how you feel now that training camp is on the horizon? Dude, as someone, I mean, I can't say that both of us, we do so much stuff about the Miami Dolphins. Just the fact we're going to have news all the time now is so great because there are some topics that throughout the year, throughout the offseason specifically, where we get so jazzed up about topics, they really don't mean that much, right? We are already out there. We see people yelling that Sauce Gardner held Garrett Wilson in a training camp video. We see everyone yelling about that. We have a stupid Deshaun Watson video where he's hucking the ball three feet in front of him into a net and the Browns are showing that off. So we have reached it, Josh, the pinnacle of things that do do not matter, but it's new content every day. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, Before we get into everything we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about some players who are returning from injuries, some who might not be ready yet. And we'll even get into everyone who will be in attendance at training camp. But before we get into anything, I suggest you guys, if wherever you're listening to this podcast, If you're looking at the podcast, look right beneath it. You're going to see something that includes our good friend, Joshua Houts, who was joined by Ross Tucker to preview the Miami Dolphins. So please go check that out. Josh, give me like, give me a quick spark notes version of that. What'd you guys talk about? What, what can the listeners look forward to? Listen, I mean, shocker, right? We talked about the Miami Dolphins talked about Mike McDaniel, the offense, what Vic Fangio means for that. You definitely go check that out because um, heading into it, I was anxious as hell. I was telling you that I always get nervous, even coming on here talking to you sometimes. But um, it went really well, and it's definitely worth checking out. But um, yeah, man, I'm just stoked that we were able to do that, and hopefully, we have more opportunities to do things like that because uh, we can get some players on here if we're really able to, right? We'll talk to some players. Oh, dude, I would absolutely love it. And the key is, you know, we I think we can get them out of the generic answers, just like we play as a team, yada yada yada. But yeah, if anyone's new to the podcast, just keep this in mind. We release content during the off season twice a week and during that with our batches of content that come out not only will you have a full podcast that will be atop your feed so you don't have to go searching right beneath it is another episode of the show that is not included so please go check those out it is completely fresh content and right beneath those two just so everyone understands will be clips from the full podcast we are doing this to help get news notes out help other people find the show maybe an embedded Uh, articles different things like that so thanks for bearing with us i promise it will make a lot of sense you're subscribed for a week it will make sense feel free to reach out to us on twitter at houts at jmetal94 if you have any other questions about that stuff it's it's now x though right reach out to us on x is that not what he changed it to 
Oh my god, that dude, it's so painful. Are we gonna have X videos? Is that already is that already I, a thing? I thought that was a thing, but I'm <sighs> not hundred percent sure. Wink wink, not not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> I saw they were like taking down the logo on the side of the building and I guess he didn't even have permits for the equipment, so they like got the police stopped them from removing the little Twitter logo on the that's side awesome. of his building. I just I just can't believe someone that's you know so smart, so successful can be so dumb at times. But yeah, man, hit us up on X. X videos. I'm well plenty of those throughout the season. And this is kind of the difference. There are people who have success, have a lot of money like Elon. And then there are people who grow into a lot of success. Mike McDaniel, who understands he doesn't have to be the smartest in the room. He is someone, if you go listen to overview podcasts about the entire off season, Mike McDaniel is getting a lot of praise for accepting the fact he's not the smartest guy in the room, accepting the fact he has smarter people around him. He could swallow his pride, bring in someone like Vic Fangio, Elon, all we ask, is for you to admit you're not the smartest person in the world, and X will be fine. Otherwise, our Twitter is going right in the shitter. Joshua, we had some concerns going into the season. Uh, none of them happened to be about the wide receiving core because we were the dumb idiots who said, wow, Tyreek Hill's such a leader. He's done nothing wrong since he arrived in Miami. He's been the stand-up professional. He always says the right things. Well, that isn't always the case. We've covered it quite a bit, Josh. There's a little fiasco involving a bow, involving a slap heard around the world. So, Josh, we got an update on that this afternoon. Would you be willing to uh, let me in on that a little bit? Yeah, I don't even have the thing pulled up, but I guess both lawyers for the guy that Tyreek slapped and Tyreek's lawyer came out and said that everything has been resolved. So um, I see people celebrating, you know, he's not going to get suspended, this, that, and another thing. I still don't know if he'll get suspended. We talked about that before, but this does not by any means close the NFL's investigation into this because as we've seen before, I think Roger Goodell, you know, goes by his own the beat of his own drum, right? So um, we're not totally in the clear, but the fact that, you know, they did come to a uh, a re resolution here he obviously you know wrote a big fat check i'm sure i think before he was like he like lowballed the hell out of the guy i think when you're talking about yeah it was something crazy but um yeah egg on our face because every time we sit here and say something positive we continue to say this is the perfect locker room guy stand up guy the complete opposite of what we may have heard before he came to miami but yeah man uh, the slap was unfortunate Glad the guy's okay. Glad they were able to work things out. Now we just hope Roger Goodell doesn't bring the hammer down. But I think you said on the previous pod, if anything were to come, it probably wouldn't even be till next year anyway. So um, fingers crossed we're in the clear and he can hit that 2,000-yard mark that he keeps talking about. Yeah, you know me. I know all the rules, all the laws, all that type of stuff. But, but yeah, you look, kind of look at the Elvin Kamara incident. Hey, it's another situation where if something does come out of this, Josh, you're right. I don't think at the absolute earliest a suspension would come. It would be next year. Uh it's a shame that this is the way we have to talk about things, but he's such an important part of the team. He's such a big player. These are things you have to discuss, have to talk about. But Adam Schefter tweeted it. You can tell that he knew both of the firms because he listed out the attorneys on both sides. And he basically said the parties to the incident have resolved their differences. So nothing crazy, nothing groundbreaking there. But it's a little sigh of relief knowing that the guy who just was second in the NFL in both receptions and yards will be good to go come opening, one, opening day week one against the Chargers. So that's good to see. Joshua, as we look ahead to this week and as we get ready for that first preseason game, Josh on the spot, first preseason game, Atlanta. Man, I should I should know this. I'm I'm blanking. I, I'm i you're gonna have to look it up. I, I honestly I did the same them. thing. I can't Atlanta, do those yeah. on the spot things. Yeah, I I blank. Any other day we're sitting here predicting, you know, waiting every day for that Atlanta game, and then you ask me and I'm just like deer in the headlights. Goldfish That's exactly brain. why I did it. Exactly <laughs> why I did it. But Joshua, we got a little bit of good news. First and foremost, let's start here. Brandon Jones will be ready soon. Do you have a little more a uh, little more info on that one? 
Yeah. I, ho- I hope you stopped talking because my thing did the little. Yeah, oh. I basically asked if you had any, any Brandon Jones info. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think it was what Adam Kaplan. I probably butchered that name. Kaplan NFL on Twitter. He said that uh, by all accounts, unless barring any setback, Brandon Jones should be back on the field this weekend. You know, we suffered that ACL injury. When we talk about this defense, you know, we have to project, you know, what happened to is he going to be ready? Will a guy like Nick Needham be ready? It sounds like Brandon Jones will be on the field. And when you know how valuable the safety position is in Vic Fangio's defense, this is great news because, I mean, this guy was a missile, kind of that box safety that can do a little bit of everything. I uh, went back and captured some of my baby bottles and put together a quick highlight video to make sure that um, I got more play out of those from <laughs> from years past. But, yeah, man, this is a big deal because Brandon Jones is kind of being overlooked. And he was a very big difference maker when he was healthy and on the field. I mean, we could argue that maybe the Dolphins win some more games if they had Brandon Jones out there last season. So happy is healthy, happy he'll be back out there. Um, another difference maker in that secondary, and I do believe he's probably another guy that's looking for a new contract sooner or later, which, I mean, that just seems like uh, everybody at this point. Yeah, it looks like he played in seven games last year before he got injured, two sacks, and uh, I believe, yes, also a forced fumble. And, yeah, he's one of those game breakers, right? He's the someone who can make a turnover where a turnover doesn't necessarily exist, whether it's by a hard hit, whether it's stripping the football. Uh, he's one of those great guys who's awesome at coming off the edge, being that kind of disguised blitzer um, on those zero blitzes. We won't see that as much. Uh, but, Josh, I have to agree with you. This is someone who I think has been overlooked quite a bit when we do talk about um, a situation where you bring in Jalen Ramsey. Xavier Howard is a well-known face. You got Javon Holland, the, the trendy up-and-coming safety who is uh, destined to have a huge year this year. But yeah, man, I got, got a feel for Brandon Jones a little bit. The fact that, you know, he was kind of overlooked in this whole group. Uh, he was actually been here longer than Javon Holland. It was supposed to be actually Brandon Jones and Minka Fitzpatrick back in the day. Uh, but yeah, man, I still really like what this guy can do. I'm not going to sit here and say he's like a, this elite top-tier talent, but I mean, he does really bring this disruptive energy, kind of like Landon Roberts, and that's kind of where the Josh Boyer defense at its peak. It had all these guys who can blitz from different places and look really good doing it. Josh, this year is a little unique for the Dolphins because they entered free agency with over half the roster entering free agency, I should say. That came out horribly wrong, but I'm going with it. And we saw the Dolphins start to build a little bit of depth, not only through the draft, but they also signed some players. Deshaun Elliott from the Detroit Lions was one they brought in at strong safety. And another guy I want to bring up for you, Jack. Jack, Josh, excuse me, is Malik Reed, the former Denver Broncos pass rusher. I'm curious, when you look at this depth, these two one-year signings at positions where the Dolphins have solidified starto- starters, that is, if Brandon Jones is healthy, who do you see has a stronger season, even if it's only one year with the Dolphins? Would it be Deshaun Elliott fitting in as that third safety, maybe even pushing for that second? Or does Malik Reed kind of hit the ground running, being in a familiar defense, one that was just ran in Denver with Vic Fangio? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that's going to definitely be a battle we're watching Deshaun Elliott versus uh, Brandon Jones throughout camp. And um, the familiarity with Malik Reed, you know, the fact that that was one of the guys at Vic Fangio, I'm sure he remembered the time there they had in Denver. I think him and Bradley Chubb that year, that might have been Bradley Chubb's most successful season opposite of Malik Reed. So um, I guess I'd, I'd say I'd flip a coin, but I kind of think with the way the secondary is, um, you know, how he rotates in safeties. I'm going to go with Deshaun Elliott, but I think um, a lot of us are probably sleeping on Malik Reed and kind of overlooking him because of how strong that defensive line is. But that, that's a great question, Jake. Which one of those guys do you think will have the bigger season this year? It's tough because, you know, Deshaun Elliott did come out and say that the Dolphins should sign Lamar Jackson. So instantly we got to dock him, you know, 25 points, put his Madden rating from, what, a 79 to a, what, a 58 just because of that. But this At is least. really... <laughs> 
This is a really tough question, but, you know, I go back to the Eric Rose signing a few years ago, something similar, where you bring in these these few vets, right? You can't have a, an experienced veteran at every single position, but you try to pick up what someone like Chris Greer is doing, where he's adding these guys, and, you know, defensive end, pass rusher. You, you see the dish to Malik Reed, and, it, and it's a pretty exciting one until, you know, you see Xavier and or excuse, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb as your pass rushers. I still think it might be Malik Reed. I think something that I've noticed, we are doing the Jalen Phillips book club later this week, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, we're being very creative. We're doing all three Jalens. But one thing I noticed is the Dolphins, at least last year, weren't afraid to have someone like Jalen Phillips line up inside as a way to get more pass rushers on the field, that bat body type of that outside linebacker. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle's another one that can step in that role. So to me, I kind of like the idea of Malik Reed, his, his familiarity with this system, and the flexibility you have with Bradley Chubb, uh, and then specifically Jalen Phillips, where he can kind of be inside a little bit. You can blitz an extra guy off the edge. Where safety, man, it's going to be so, so tough. Elliott is an experienced vet where I do think he's going to find some playing time. But, you know, you have Verone McKinley III looking for spot or uh, looking for snaps. I think uh, Trill Williams, is he another one who moved to safety as well? I'm not saying either of those guys will upend him. But I just think there will be a lot more people, you know, trying to bite ankles in that secondary room. While there mil- more, will be more opportunities, I just think the impact for a defensive end might be a little greater. I remember is Emmanuel Agba, right? He's getting paid a lot yes. of money this year. So he's Good a guy point. that also has that versatility where he can play on the edge and maybe move inside a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think it's a toss up and I think it's going to depend on how this defense attacks some of those offenses. But um, both guys, I think, are getting overlooked. Sean Elliott, Malik Reed, probably Malik Reed a little bit more based on, you know, the contract, how late free agency signed. But um, both guys who contribute this year. And again, who knows what Vic Fangio has up his sleeve, right, Jake? He might not even wear sleeves. It's Miami. It's super hot. Then then we'll all be really scared. Josh, one more note on this. Nick Needham was placed on the physically unable to perform list. He can be removed from this list at any time. Another guy who's coming off a season-ending injury a little, or excuse me, a year ago. So, Josh, what does that mean? I, I don't want to overreact too much of it to it, but I do think this means we might see, what, two or three more tweets that include maybe a Cam Smith sighting instead of it being Nick Needham. That, that's about it, but that's still a little interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes, what, a week after we're sitting here, you know, breaking down which of these corners are going to get more snaps. And we're, I think you and I but probably both named Nick Needham over Cam Smith. But again, we based it a lot on how his health would be and how far along in the rehab he was. So um, definitely, I guess, disappointing. And it makes you have a little bit of PTSD when you remember, I think Byron Jones was placed on a pup list, right? And everyone kept saying, you know, he'd be back, he'd be back. I know it's not the same situation, but until we see Nick Needham back out there, it's one of those things where, um, I guess I got to see it to believe it. So absolutely, man, Cam Smith, um, and we've already all been hyping him up, right? We all think that he's maybe potentially going to get a lot of snaps this year. Interested to see how far along this moves him up the depth chart. And whether or not, you know, if he's the guy there in camp for so many weeks, if Nick Needham come back and supplant him, because they did invest a high draft pick in him. And I believe Nick Needham, um, I don't have his contract pulled up. Kid took my phone. But I think his uh, deal is probably running out a little bit sooner than later. Yeah, Josh, do you think that if Nick Needham comes back relatively soon, um, let's say before week one of the preseason, even week two, do you pencil him in as one of those starters right away if everything's all good? Or, or do you see maybe that, that Cater Kohu is that third cornerback maybe in the nickel packages? Yeah, I mean, I think I thought maybe those two guys would battle it out just because of what Nick Needham was before the injury. But I think that's Cater's spot to, you know, lose. And I think if he's building on that season that we had last year, you know, learning from these guys under Vic Fangio, I think everyone's raving about what he's doing this offseason. So 
I think it is Cater Coho's spot. I think it really comes down to that four spot and whether or not um, Needham's healthy and wh- how far along Cam Smith is, you know, getting the verbiage down and becoming, making that jump from being a, uh, a college player to the NFL. So I do think Cater Coho is that number three guy for sure. Nick Needham was one of those guys forged by fire and by fire. I mean, the dumpster fire of the 2019 season. Uh, it, it was really impressive. We saw a couple of these undrafted guys really step up. These acorns become actual contributors. Uh, Needham right now is 27. He's under contract just for the season, has a cap hit of like 1.2 million, give or take. So, yeah, I, I do wonder what's going to happen specifically between Nick Needham and Cater Kohu. Uh, Kohu, I think, is a better coverage corner. Uh, but Needham, I think, is more comfortable in the slot. I think he can maneuver through the run game a little better. Uh, Kohu is a heavy hitter. It's just sometimes, you know, those guards can get upfield and kind of wash him out once in a while. So maybe that's something he can even develop. This is someone who was an undrafted free agent last year. I'm being a little nitpicky with that. But that's why I kind of think Nick Needham might have a little bit of an edge there. Uh, but it will really be interesting to see how this stuff all develops. Uh, and most importantly, hopefully he's back on the field sooner rather than later. Alrighty, Josh, turning the page here, we had, like I said, we produce so much Dolphins content, Josh, and one thing we were up in arms about, we were riled up about, we were concerned about, we were flabbergasted about, was the fact that Connor Williams and Zach Sealer were not in attendance for the mandatory mini camps we saw in the middle of June. So, Josh, are we still worried about these guys? No, I, I don't think we are, right? I mean, I think both guys are still seeking new deals. They're both under contract this season. We know Zach Sealer has Drew Rosenhaus. I guess Connor Williams also has Drew Rosenhaus as his agent. So um, that's what a big shark in that sea that's always trying to get his players paid. Um, but both will be reporting to camp. So, you know, we heard rumors, some rumblings that maybe Liam Eichenberg was taking snaps in training camp or uh, OTAs. I know we were all scared to death hearing that. Um, but it does sound like Connor Williams, a guy that played very well last year, and Zach Sealer, a key piece to this defense who often gets overlooked. Both guys should be back in attendance, well, will be back in attendance, according to Drew Rosenhaus. But um, this contract situation is still there, right? They still want to get paid. They're going to be going back and forth, I'm sure, all season long between Rosenhaus, Chris Greer. Their phones will be ringing off the hook. But um, both will be in attendance, and it makes me feel a little bit less queasy than maybe I was before. Connor Williams is a good place to start because he is the only guy on Miami's offensive line last year who played 100% of the snaps, and it was pretty impressive. He wasn't someone where you can go back and watch the film in any game, really, see that it's really his fault that anything is going wrong. Um, There was concerns that he wouldn't be able to snap the football. He put those to rest pretty quickly. Josh, do you think the Liam Eichenberg at center, um, I don't want to say fiasco, I'll say scenario, just because they weren't uh, facing anyone. But do you think that was just for show because Williams wasn't there, or do you think there's any smoke there? Yeah, I mean, they're probably trying to get Liam Meikenberg to show that he can, you know, stick or at least take over a position or at least show that he's capable, right, at any spot. So the fact that they were he plays guard, you know, they try to let, let him play center, I mean, it's probably just trying to get the most out of Liam Meikenberg. But at the same time, if Connor Williams isn't there, who else did they have taking snaps? I think Dan Feeney took some reps at center, start an entire season, I think, with the Chargers at center. But it's Connor Williams' job to lose. I can't see him not being the starting center. And I think, again, he's getting paid top eight money, I believe it is. If you look at his $7 million, the two-year deal, $14 million that he made, he's going to want to get a little bit more than that. And after the way he played last year, I think he deserves it. I would say there are still some issues there with some of the snaps. When you go back and watch some of the tape, at least when I was going back watch some of those two at Tungavaloa uh, cutups I did, you could see hit some errant uh, snaps here and there, but again, the guy was transitioning from guard to center for the first time in his career, so that's kind of to be expected. They need to lock him up, though, for sure. 
Yeah, it's at a point where, you know, I go back to uh, those early 2010 Dolphins where you at least had three guys in the Jake Long, Mike Pouncey, and Richie Incognito. Uh, One half of the line that you can solidify, you might mix and match outside of there. But yeah, man, I agree. I I think Connor Williams is that great player to have in the middle. Um, With a lot of Dolphin players, it wasn't the case for him. He didn't look out of place, you know, playing in the snow. We see that a lot of the time. Uh, Switching over to the defensive end, though, Josh, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, those are two guys really looking for a new contract. Uh, there'll be different types of contract, of course, where Zach, uh, Christian Wilkins is looking to get paid back up the Brinks truck, rightfully so. Zach Sealer is looking for maybe, a, so it's not going to be that expensive, maybe a multi-year deal. Uh, but basically, Josh, what I'm trying to get at is I want to ask you, uh, who's likely to be on the Miami Dolphins longer, Christian Wilkins or Zach Sealer, with everything we know right now? Man, I'm, I go back and forth on this all the time. I think if you go back and listen to some of our pods at the beginning of last year, I probably would have said I would have kept Sealer over Wilkins because I think Wilkins was going to get paid more. I think Sealer's very underrated. But with what we know now, I'm going to say Christian Wilkins. I'm going to say they're going to pay him and then hope to find a way to give Zach Sealer a deal. But you mentioned it, man. He's not going to get nearly as much as Christian Wilkins probably, but he's definitely going to get paid a lot more than maybe the Dolphins are willing to pay for those two guys up front. So, I hope they can find a way. I hope Chris Greer can work his magic, but we talk about time and time again. They're $30 million over the cap. There's a neat, there's a plethora of guys that want to get paid. Eventually, they're going to have to pay their quarterback. I don't know that you can keep them both, so I'm going to go with the guy who's been here longer, who we hear Chris Greer rave about. I'll go Christian Wilkins. What are your thoughts? Who, who do you think is going to be on the Dolphins long-term longer? My thoughts are simple. Pay that man. I just think that there's such an energy with someone like Christian Wilkins. I said this in the past. Um, you know, there were four defensive tackles in that same draft class as Wilkins 2019 that have already signed long-term deals, um, and, and that doesn't help the Dolphins whatsoever, right? We, we were kind of hoping they'd do a contract last year. Um, I remember when they gave him his um, uh, the, fran- the, the fifth-year option, I remember they waited all the way near till the end of the deadline to get that done. Uh, but, man, there, it's so hard to envision him not being a part of this group, and it might be one of those situations where I don't know if Miami can afford this, but I don't know if it can be a situation where you can win these contract negotiations, right? I mentioned it. Four different guys got paid already. Christian Wilkins has taken punch after punch to the face, being on that rebuild starting in 2019, where I think he's going to come to the table saying X, Y, and Z, why he deserves a, a massive, massive um, contract he was the first defensive tackle and god knows how long to have 98 tackles uh there was only two defensive tackles who had above 75 his ability to stop the run is just so impressive where man like you signed bradley chubb to this long-term deal you signed tyreek hill to this long-term deal you got jalen phillips and tyre and uh tua coming up but man i still think you gotta find a way to pay christian wilkins just so you know you don't have people looking around at that locker room whether it's a first-year player whether it's a six-year vet saying Man, if they're not going to give this guy a contract extension, what do people have to do to even get a contract extension? If, if his, he didn't live up to the standards, if he didn't kind of uh, set the tone for this defense, what on earth can I do to get that second, maybe third contract? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I still don't know what, what their deal is. I mean, I've seen Omar Kelly speculate that he's what playing on the fifth year option and then the franchise tag would still pay him less than you know x amount of defensive tackles but it just doesn't make sense to me that if you want christian wilkins here long term why you'd wait for all those other guys to get paid because um i mean you can sit there and you know 
break down their sacks. I've seen people do that, and it, it's really not that big of a you know a, a difference maker in my opinion. Either way, he's going to get paid a ton of money, and um, the longer they wait, I feel like that price tag just goes up even more. But like others have suggested to me, maybe it's Christian Wilkins. You know, maybe he wants to get paid more and has a number in mind. But that just doesn't seem like Christian Wilkins' way, right? So hopefully they can figure out a way to do this, get both guys signed. But I think we can both agree, Christian Wilkins would be the guy that you know would be at the top of that list to sign because again he's been here through so much and by all accounts it sounds like everyone loves him and again what he does to the locker room I mean I don't know if you necessarily take that into account or wanted you know that to be the main reason but when he's playing like one of the best defensive linemen in all of football plus he's that locker room guy that presence the guy that can piss off you know Josh Allen when they go out in the field snatch chains I mean you got to find a way to pay him and to your point like we want to talk about sacks do you know who had a pair of sacks in the playoff game against Buffalo on the stage where it matters the most? Christian oh, no. Wilkins. See, okay, I was going to say, why do you always got to do this? You always got to put me on the spot. <laughs> I can't, I'm, and I'm still trying to rack my brain like to remember which – I always get those Buffalo games confused. It is tough. It is so tough because, I mean, they're both kind of followed the same script too. So, yeah, it's a it's a unique situation where you got to go to Buffalo twice in two months. Um. I, I agree, man. It's got to be Wilkins, but I do kind of see a path where you can breathe a little easier if you get, you know, Zach Sealer on like a three-year, $30 million deal, something like that. I mean, I think that'd be awesome just to have those guys in place. Um, I think the thing we're going to see from the Dolphins in years to come um, is this inability to keep maybe some of these guys around the Zach Steelers for a second contract. There won't be a situation where you can give like an Emmanuel Agba a second contract, different things like that. Uh, so you'd like to kind of see them squeeze these last few things out before they have to really focus on developing their depth. One, Josh, one quick Wil- thing, Jake, do you think signing Zach Steeler would then give you leverage in contract negotiations with Christian Wilkins? Cause I mean, then it wouldn't seem like it's that big of a need. And then I guess it wouldn't, I don't, I don't know what I'm thinking here. I'm, I think I'm, thinking way too far tinfoil hat on type stuff yeah you, you just made like the perfect chess move for like a situation that i don't know if the dolphin no i get i definitely get where you mean though where there could be a scenario of like hey we have a couple guys here we'd love to keep you but i mean we don't absolutely need to keep you around and hey if you want to take five mil less no state income tax and your buddy zach sealer is still here that that could kind of be their spin zone yeah, um, and offer I, him a few bucks less. And I still think Raekwon Davis, that's a guy we got to keep an eye on because of what that nose position means in Vic Fangio's defense. I mean, he's going to want to get paid. I mean, he's not going to get anywhere near probably Sealer or uh, Christian Wilkins, but that's another guy that they need to pay that's keep around if he goes out there and proves this year that he's, you know, adequate. I'm starting to get the vibes, and and I don't know what the do- this does to the locker room or anything, but, but Josh, do you see a world? I kind of see them franchise tagging Wilkins maybe not even just once maybe twice just to kind of keep him around and then that's the real point like everyone's talking about the the Tua extension coming up but you still have him for that fifth year we still have two years to kind of work with before things get crazy is there a situation where maybe the Dolphins are headed in the right direction where it's just duct tape and glue we have to fill out this roster with duct tape and glue where Christian Wilkins does get the franchise tag maybe not only once but twice yeah, absolutely. I could see that happen. And I think that's um, I, maybe Omar brought that up, but I know he said at least one franchise tag. But I mean, how many times can they franchise tag guy? Isn't twice. it twice? Okay, yeah, I knew before it used to just be they could just franchise tag and then they, they finally put a rule in, I think. But yeah, man, I think they got to figure out a way to pinch pennies. And if it means you got to franchise tag Christian Wilkins, I, I guess so be it. 
That is it. That is all the time we have. Training camp is officially underway. Stay tuned as we continue with another Dolphins podcast and bring you content throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. Like I said at the top, coming later this week is the Jalen Phillips book club, so stay tuned for that. One final message before we get out of here. If you've made it this far in the podcast, we thank you so much for dedicating that much of your time to listening to us rant. But if we could ask you for one more little thing, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. And then if you could rate and review, that stuff helps others find the show. We'd greatly appreciate it. That is it. That is all I have for another Dolphins podcast for Jake Mendel and Joshua Helps. We will see you next time. But until then, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.